Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. They say one of the best things you can do as a new parent is talk to your baby. But what do you say exactly? And am I the only one who feels awkward talking to someone who's not talking back? On today's show, we're talking about ways that you can communicate with your baby that actually help them learn valuable communication skills. So get those high-pitched mommy voices warmed up, or don't, and get ready to hear some helpful insights. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross, mom to a three-year-old boy and a brand new baby girl. We've got a great show talking about communicating with your baby. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to visit our website. It's newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which keeps you updated on all the episodes that we release each week. Another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, then check out our membership club called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on the show. And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings so that you can join us live. We have moms Melissa and Sultana joining us today. Welcome to the show, mamas. And as we get started here, tell us a little bit about you, your family, and where you're located. Hi, my name is Sultana. Um, I am a mom to a four or soon to be four-year-old and we are located in Woodbridge, Virginia. Welcome to the show. I'm Melissa. I'm a mom of three. I have a seven-year-old son, a almost five-year-old daughter, and then my youngest daughter is three. And we just recently relocated in the last year back to Northwest Indiana, which is my home state and home area. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. We're talking about communicating with babies. So how would you describe the way that you communicated with your kids in those early baby days? Did you do a lot of talking, reading, sign language? All of the above. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I did a lot of talking to my daughter, um, even though it's like she didn't really respond back, which was awkward, but like it was helpful for me. long time was helpful for her as I continued to talk to her and read books to her. I learned baby sign language and then taught her when she was older how to do it so that we could communicate until she had the skills to be able to say the words. Great. Yeah, that's what we did in our house too. Melissa, what about you? I love hearing that about the sign language, especially because my first born was, um, we used a little bit of baby sign language with him, but it became very important when my second born came along because she was born deaf. And so as soon as we got that diagnosis, that's definitely, we're going to ramp up the sign language. 
just giving her another tool to communicate before she ended up going to the cochlear implant route. Before she got those, giving her an additional tool to help us communicate with her, help her communicate with us and with those around her. I also found with the reading, even just like while I was feeding my baby, just reading a book to them, just getting that verbal input out there for them. They might look at you funny, but they are listening. (laughs) Yeah. My daughter just turned three months old and I've started to notice just even in the last week, how much she really kind of locks Mm -hmm. in on books when I read to her and it, they change so quickly and it's really cool. When did you feel like your baby actually started communicating back to you? Communicating with looking at me. And making facial reactions. Like sometimes there's a smile. Other times it's just like a stare. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be meeting our expert, speech therapist and parent coach, Gabrielle Nicolay. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on Newbies, we're talking about the best ways to communicate with your baby. Our expert is Gabrielle Nicolay. She is the head toddler whisperer at Speech Kids, a private online speech therapy practice, and the co-founder of Raising Orchid Kids, which is a parent education and coaching practice. Gabrielle, welcome to Newbies. Thanks so much for being here. I'm delighted. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that we so often hear how good it is to talk to our babies. So can you explain why that is and how much do they really understand? (laughs) The short answer is they don't understand any of it initially, but there are some really good research um, on babies actually, even in utero, recognizing and preferring they're mostly mothers, but any familiar voice. Um, and so they do these suck studies where they, they plug the baby with a pacifier and then they play a voice um, and they measure the rate of sucking. And it increases dramatically when babies hear their mother's voices, which tells us that they are recognizing it. Um, and so that happens in utero and it continues, obviously, after they're born. Um, The other really interesting studies have to do with specific languages and sort of this notion that babies at a very, very young age, under a year old, are already recognizing which sounds belong to their language and which sounds do not. And the brain is really active in pruning access to sounds that they don't need. If they're, for example, a, a, a monolingual English speaker, we don't need a Spanish R. Um, And if they're bilingual Spanish English, then you do. And so bilingual brains will keep that Spanish R, but monolingual English brains will not. Um, And so that's some really interesting kind of research. And then, you know, as Sultana and Melissa just described, babies as young as six weeks are starting to smile socially. And that's really where communication starts, right? When they smile at you, you smile at them. It's just a cycle of loveliness. That is so interesting that you mentioned 
the language thing because you're right. I mean, babies from before they can even talk are learning English, if that's the primary language at home, can even learn, you know, two languages, three languages, if that's what their parents are teaching them. I've This might sound crazy, but I've even heard that some babies can communicate telepathically with each other or with their moms. But basically, they just have much better communication skills than I think we give them credit for. Is that true? Yeah. So we pay, it, particularly in modern culture, maybe in Western culture too, we pay a lot of attention to talking as communication, but communication is a far more complex and far more nuanced experience than just the words that we're saying. So in that regard, yeah, babies and moms are telepathic, right? Moms of babies are often able to really tune into their child's needs. And often the, the baby is also tuning into um, tuning into the mom. So if mom is stressed, baby's also stressed. If mom is calm, baby's also calm. This is where the term co-regulation comes from, right? Co-regulation is a form of communication. It's chemical. It's energetic. It's not verbal. Yeah. That's interesting. How should we be talking to our baby? Should we be using that, you know, high-pitched baby talk <laughs> voice or our regular voice? It's like we're talking to a friend. So there is no one right way to talk to babies. You moms and dads, parents, should speak to your baby in the way that feels most comfortable for you. Um, and if that means speaking another language than the majority language around you, so be it. The language that you are a native speaker of and the way in which you speak in your culture, in your family, in your life, whatever that is, that feels most natural is the one that's going to come with that energy that we were just talking about, um, that nonverbal extra. And so while there is some evidence to suggest that like this baby talk, when we talk to the babies, um, helps to highlight breaks in words or like highlight the kinds of sounds that we're using. And so like clinically, there's a reason that we use baby talk. It is absolutely not required. <laughs> That was a solid uh, baby talk voice there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had lots of practice, as you might imagine. <laughs> what are some strategies for communicating with our babies in ways that actually help build that speech language, those cognitive skills? So I love to remind parents about this. Um, I like to laugh because I'm like the speech therapist who tells everybody to stop talking so much. Um, build the communication, the nonverbal communication first, right? So babies of who are like six weeks and up are actually engaged in turn-taking, as in the thing that will become eventually conversational turn-taking, right? And so one of the best ways to build conversational skills in your infant is to play something that I like to call the imitation game. So basically, your child makes a noise or a face, and then you make that same noise or face. What happens is because of mirror neurons, um, your child's going to do the same thing back. And, and it's just, it's really fun. It is an energetic, positive exchange. And we know that learning happens when things are fun and positive. And so that is a delightful little conversation that you can have. The other thing um, that can help babies build language and thinking skills and cognitive skills and learn concepts and all those things is to talk about what's happening in the immediate environment around them. 
So like lots of parenting advice is like, talk to your baby all the time. And it's, parents are like, why? <laughs> I'm so confused. It's not really benefiting kids to just talk in their presence. The point is it, connecting the words with the child's experience, right? So it's like edited audio description of what the, what is happening to them. So if you're changing a diaper, you're going to say, I'm changing your diaper, right? And of course, an infant doesn't understand those words, but over time, number one, they will. And number two, they're recognizing that tone. They're recognizing this, the predictable sequence of events. And so we're setting up sort of a positive environment. Again, when things are fun and positive, we learn. Um, and so that's when, pe when people say, should I talk to my baby? It's like, well, yes, but you know, we're, we're talking to them about the immediate environment here. What are the speech milestones for babies under one? Okay. We're going to go in order here. From birth to three months of age, we're basically talking about getting used to being in a body. So we're grunting, we're crying, we're sighing. It's pretty much it. Sort of, we call them vegetative sounds. We're farting, we're burping, all of that. The essentials. The essentials, exactly. Which, which go on quite a long time if you have boys. <laughs> <laughs> By about four months of age is when we start to hear exploration of what we call the vocal tract. So like your, um, your lungs, your throat, your mouth. And that's where we hear like raspberries, right? Or squealing or shouting. Um, and maybe some single syllable babbling when we get to about six months old. So kind of stuff. Around six months of age, that babbling is getting more complex. Now we're getting mama, bobo, da, di, da kinds of strings, and they're getting longer. So different vowels, different consonants connected. I think six months is kind of where it starts to get fun, but nine months is really where it really gets interesting because you're going to have kids who sound like they're talking and they sure aren't. But <laughs> that's called jargoning, which is like, they're very intent on what they are telling you. It clearly has some meaning to them and it has no bearing in any real language, but it is communication. And so the fun thing at that age is to respond as if you understand exactly what's happening. There was a clip going around the internet not too long ago about uh, with this dad and the, and the toddler sitting on the couch watching sports. And the back and forth between them, if you, if you Google it on whatever YouTube or whatever the word is, but it is this gorgeous exchange where toddler is babbling, dad is responding as if he's making sense. It's absolutely priceless. I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. Yeah, it is really good. Um, so by about one year of age, if everything's going well, then we expect children to be starting to use single words in order to communicate a range of wants, needs, ideas, questions. Um, and so what that looks like is a baby who smiles and says, mama, as in mommy's home when they see their mom come home in the door. And the same baby who says, mama, as in mom, come back, right? So we're using the same word, but we're, we're using that word for a lot of different, um, what we call communicative functions and a lot of different reasons. Um, and 
when this is going well, it looks effortless. It looks so easy for them. And when it's not, it's obvious. And so as a speech therapist, I'm going to put my plug in here where if you have concerns and children are not progressing through these stages, as I've described them, and it looks hard for them, act early. Early is better. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Many parents choose to use baby sign language. We've kind of already talked about that a little bit, Mm -hmm. especially for the early days before babies can talk. So how can that be helpful? And I'm curious if the signs, like if they can sign milk or more, Mm -hmm. um, do these count as words for milestone purposes? They absolutely count. Yes. Particularly if they're recognizable to caregivers. Um, And kids as young, as old as about nine months of age can start signing, which by the way, that's when kids start waving, right? High and by at about nine months, nine, 10 months. And so that's when kids can start using their hands for communication, which is essentially what we're doing when we're waving. Um, and so, yeah, signs count for words and sign language is a huge benefit for, um, for babies because of that three-month gap between nine and 12 months. That is an age where kids know what they want to say, but they don't have a word to say it yet because their poor little mouths just haven't caught up yet. (laughs) And I like to say speech is kind of like the ultimate fine motor activity, meaning very small muscles in a very small space. And your hands are much bigger muscles. And so you know, the sign for milk is sort of to squeeze your hand as if you're milking an udder. Um, That is a much easier thing to do, a much easier motion to make than to say the word and the sounds milk, right? And so, but kids absolutely know what milk is. And so when you've got this gap between what they know and what they're able to do motorically, in other words, with their bodies, um, signs can can really bridge that gap. And certainly for anybody with a communication issue, um, anybody who's deaf, anybody who is going to be a late talker because they've got some muscle-related um, issues, sign language can also be a really important bridge in their communication journey. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing that, Gabrielle. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we're going to bring back our moms into the conversation. So stay tuned. All right, mamas, any thoughts on what we just heard from Gabrielle? I would say I love how Gabrielle mentioned about the preference of a familiar voice that children are able to exhibit at such an early age. That just warmed my mama heart. Yeah, for sure. That's really awesome. Sultana, any thoughts? I appreciate a couple of things. One that um, when Gabriella was talking about in vitro of like babies recognizing um, whoever's carrying them um, and then how it it's displayed after once the baby is born. Um, and then when you were just recently talking about the baby sign in between the, the six months and nine month period. And then when they get older of how important it is to like, to how they're communicating and then like how their muscles are not fully developed yet. And it makes sense, right? Of like, they're able to grasp things. They're able to move around a lot better than kind of like actually speaking. So it's pretty, uh, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) It validated like, oh yeah, that makes sense. When my daughter was smaller. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
moms, you know, we were kind of talking with, about some of the strategies of how you can talk to your kid. And I know we touched on it a little bit at the beginning, but what advice would you give to other moms on some strategies they can use to help build that speech cognitive development? Narration is such a helpful tool, like Gabrielle said, and that's probably something that is easiest for a mom who's unsure of how to incorporate that into her day. Just tell the child about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And don't stress about like trying to learn like all these different nuances <laughs> um, in motherhood um, and just take it at your own pace because you don't have to be an expert or be perfect at it. And if you have a question, go to a speech therapist. They're there to help. I have personal experience with several and they're fantastic. I'm sure Gabrielle loved that plug. <laughs> I am loving you so much right now. Thank you. <laughs> Gabrielle, any last thoughts before we wrap up? I think your mamas are amazing. I am so happy to have been here with them. Their perspective is so um, just like comforting and wonderful. And I just appreciate, um, you know, the spirit with which this, this podcast helps parents who are just going through, you know, uh, a big change um, that can feel overwhelming at times. And it, and it doesn't have to, we just give ourselves some grace and we go through it. Well, I love to hear that. So thank you, Gabrielle, so much for being here and Mom Sultana and Melissa as well. You can find out more about Gabrielle at speechkids.com and be sure to check out newmommymedia.com where we have all of our podcast episodes plus videos and more. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with toddlers, The Boob Group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. 
Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.